Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Your daily encouragement that God has the world in the hollow of his hand. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. spend some time this morning talking about the reality that Black Lives Matter. Uh, It is interesting to me that more than a few Christian leaders and recognizable Christians in political leadership are now publicly and openly saying the phrase Black Lives Matter. Uh, And it's interesting to me that it feels as if we are hearing that phrase differently than we heard that phrase uh, even just uh, a short handful of years ago. Um, And I'm wondering how you hear the phrase Black Lives Matter. Um, When we talk about where the emphasis is placed in in language, I'm wondering if you get caught up um, and fixated and maybe fragmented by the word black. Uh, Black Lives Matter. True. I'm wondering if you um, maybe are hearing it more amplified on the word matter. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. Um, I am learning to become less fixated on the word black in terms of a fragmenting uh, point and instead intentionally fixating on the reality that black lives matter and that focusing intentionally um, our attention on on the on the reality that in this nation in particular but not only in this nation but in this nation in particular we have behaved as if black lives matter less than white lives it is a conversation about partiality it is a conversation about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, the kingdom realities, the kingdom principles, um, and how those are worked out in the midst of the kingdoms of this world, particularly the kingdom we call the United States of America. And so this is a conversation about language, and this is a conversation um, about laws, and this is a conversation about people. Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and now Rayshard Brooks. Um, we're going to continue to talk about these things until we learn to hear one another and until people feel heard. Uh, because once people feel heard, then we can get to the place where we actually converse with one another about positive steps that we could take forward together to create a new reality that's different than the one that we have known to this point. So uh, I have directed you on a couple of occasions already to Emmanuel Acho's Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man on YouTube. Hey, we have uncomfortable conversations with a black man here all the time. His name's Justin Gibney, and he's back today from the And Campaign. That conversation, up next.
Justin Gibney is joining me again today. You can find him at the AND Campaign. Justin, welcome back. Hey, Carmen. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Are you um, are you comfortable with my describing our conversations as the original version of uncomfortable conversations with a black man? That's fine. Yeah, I I love what Emmanuel Acho is doing. Um, I hope that um, I hope you see it as as positive as well, just in terms of helping white people just even understand how to talk or how to listen. Yeah, that's right. I mean, if. Yeah, I think that's right. Even if we look in the Bible, we see a lot of conversations that don't make people comfortable. And so that's uh, sometimes necessary. All right, let's talk about Rayshard Brooks. Um, You live in Atlanta. For people who um, maybe have missed out on the news cycle the last few days, um, give us your sense of where things stand now. Yeah, so uh, as you know, last weekend, uh, a black man was shot by police officers after he was found in his car, um, passed out in a, in a Wendy's drive-thru. Uh, things went bad, and so uh, as of right now, the police chief in Atlanta has resigned. Uh, one of the, I believe, the, the police officers that shot him has been uh, fired, and uh, the one other is on administrative um, leave, I believe, and so... We're here in Atlanta. We're really just trying to figure out how to move forward. How do we change things so incidents like that don't occur? Yeah, absolutely. So that's a part of, you know, that's sort of the local expression of this national conversation that we are having. Um, ignited most recently in terms of what we're experiencing across the country, um, you know, ignited by the death of of George Floyd. But we could insert a number of names in there. This is not the first time that we have started the conversation. Do you feel like it's different this time? And if so, what are you looking for in terms of tangible evidence that we're actually making real progress um, in this, not only in this conversation, but in the substantive reality um, of of racial difference, of racial disparity in this country. Yeah, well, Carmen, it certainly feels different. And and I hope it I hope it is different. And I think one of the reason that reasons that it feels different is because we've been forced to give this our undivided attention uh, because of the crisis, because of all the things that are going on and the things that aren't going on. Right. The fact that we're a lot of us are kind of just tuned into our televisions and a lot of the other activities we used to do, we can't do the undivided attention of America has been on this issue. Um, and so, you know, it does feel different because people who haven't acknowledged, you know, this as an issue issue are acknowledging it as an issue. But, but, but to, to your point, I think to, to make sure that it actually is something that's going to be different this time is going to involve action. It's going to involve changing policy and it has to involve uh, legislation. And so that's what's really going to tell the tale. We're not far enough down the road to say that this is going to change things. I hope that it does. But if we want to see lasting change in, you know, kind of systems that have that have have clearly failed uh, black Americans, then we're going to have to get to legislation. We're going to have to get to policy changes. All right. We expect to uh, hear that the president has signed an executive order today. We expect that to happen. Um, We expect that to be in relationship to best practices across the country and those kinds of things. I don't expect it to be particularly substantive beyond that. But we do have really substantive proposals, uh, Democratic proposal in the House, Republican proposal in the Senate. We haven't seen all the details of those yet. Do you have hope that we're going to actually find our way to some bipartisan legislation 
that moves us forward? And if so, you know, which one of this long on this long list of, I don't know, predictive policing and no knock warrants and chokeholds and a database and use of facial recognition software and uh, qualified immunity? What what of any of these did you act? Do you actually expect to make it through? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think the one thing we need to know, I think every level of government has to do their job. And so I'm, I'm interested in seeing what uh, Tim Scott and others come up with, uh, had a chance to review uh, the Democrat proposal. Uh, and so there's some things there that I think are, 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 are helpful. The truth of the matter is a lot of what goes on when it comes to criminal law and policing are local issues. And so, you know, the impact, if, if we just get, you know, federal legislation, which I think we need, if we just get that, that's not going to do the whole job either. Uh, and so I think there are things we can do on a federal level, but it's going to have to be on a lower level. And one of the things that I look at when you're talking about the system, obviously, we're going to have to um, uh, deal with how the police approach certain people. And, and is that is the training, you know, do they have proper tra- training? But even after that happens, one of the big things that I think we need to start looking at as Christians is prosecutorial discretion. Right. The discretion that prosecutors have in sentencing and, and all those things is really where you get a lot of iniquities. And so uh, and, and, um, and so I think that's one of the places that we have to play, pay particular attention. So it's not that I'm ignoring what's going on federally or nationally. I, you know, I would like to say that we're going to come to some conclusion that is bipartisan. Hopefully they get something through. I just wonder how strong it's going to be. And it's kind of early to say because I haven't seen this, you know, the, the proposal uh, in the Senate. Um, but even if we get something big, you know, it, done there, we're really going to have to do the work on a local and state level to make a serious change. And I think we need to really pay attention to prosecutorial discretion and, and policing reform. I'm talking with Justin Gibney. Um, we are talking about the need for policing reform here in the United States of America. We're talking about some of the proposals related to that. When we come back from the break, um, I am going to ask Justin to educate us about Juneteenth. That conversation next. Justin Gibney is an attorney. He lives in Atlanta. He also heads up the AND campaign. Um, Justin, let's do a little history lesson. Um, Lots of conversation about Juneteenth. First of all, what is it and what's the history behind it? Um, And I hope we talk uh, here some about Tulsa. Oh, okay, sure. So um, Juneteenth is also known as, as Freedom Day. Uh, and as many people know, at least I hope you know that on uh, 1863, we got the Emancipation Proclamation uh, from President Abraham Lincoln, uh, and that freed the slaves. However, uh, the slaves, namely in Texas, that got no word of that. And so slaves in Texas uh, didn't find out that they had been emancipated until June 19th of 1865, two and a half years after they had been freed. Now, today we barely want to wait to to see the next series of a show. Imagine waiting uh, to, to be emancipated, not even knowing that you were emancipated until two and a half years later. If that's not uh, injustice on top of injustice, I don't know what is. But that's what the celebration is about. It's about when the, um, the slaves and tech, when the enslaved people in Texas, Texas found out that they had been emancipated. 
Okay, and then we are having a conversation also about Tulsa because the President of the United States had planned an event in Tulsa on June the 19th. That's now been pushed off a day. I think uh, everyone is thankful for that. Um, I I will admit to you that the history related to Tulsa is not something that I have known about for a, a, a very long period of time. In fact, a conversation that you and I had at one point just a few years ago made me look more intentionally and more deeply um, into what happened in Tulsa. So educate us, for those who are not aware, what happened in Tulsa and what was Wall Street like in Tulsa before, um, before what occurred there? Yeah, so um, Tulsa, in Tulsa, there was something called what many people were calling Black Wall Street, where you had uh, hundreds of black businesses, you had you know just black uh, capitalism as at its finest, and this was in the 1920s uh, and earlier, where uh, African Americans were. Uh, you know, engaging in entrepreneurship and they had their own businesses and really just had their own uh, so much industry and, and their own economics. Well, in 1921, um, some of the uh, white people in the area decided, decided to basically burn it down, right? They used some some false allegations to really tear down the entire structure that those people who hadn't been that far out of slavery had built. And so that's where uh, that's the importance of, of of Tulsa, of Black Wall Street and what happened in 1921. It's just in which, it, you know, it's really just a microcosm of the African-American experience uh, in American history. Which I think leads us to a conversation just a, a, about disparity and the the different experience generation to generation um, that whites in America have versus blacks in America. And. If we're if we're not at the place where we can say that out loud without having to qualify it, um, then we haven't made the kind of progress that I would hope that we have made um, because we have to get to consensus where we just at least acknowledge there's a, a disparity between the experience of, uh, of, a, of a black person in the United States of America and the experience of a white person. Our social location is radically yeah. different because of the color of our skin. Um, so if we can get to a place of consensus on that, then I hope we can begin to uh, to take some steps forward. You you reference prosecutorial discretion. I'm wondering here because we've had a listener question about uh, about dads, about fathers, about absentee fathers um, in in African American families. I'm wondering if as we approach Father's Day, you could comment on the dis the the disparity in the ways in which black men in this country have been treated and how that has actually contributed to the reality of fatherlessness in, in black homes. Yeah. I mean, I'm a father. Uh, I understand the importance of fatherhood, but let me, let me say this first. Um, I think it's a, a huge mistake when we're talking about disparities and when we're talking about the history of America to uh, kind of deflect and automatically go to fatherlessness. And, and I'm not saying that to you. I'm saying to who, whoever had that comment. We just hear that too often. And, and, and often mm. it's used not to face what's happened in the history of America. Um, so when you hear about what's happened in the history, you hear about Tulsa, you hear about Juneteenth and why we have it, then you automatically want to talk about fatherlessness. Well, what, what's that, what that's doing, it's, it's showing me that you didn't process what we said about the history of it. Uh, fatherlessness is a problem, but I want people to understand as a people, when every time when every time you have a leader, they they get killed or mm-hmm. 
every time you build something like Black Wall Street, it gets torn down. You have to understand what that does to a people. You have to understand what that does to the men in, in certain communities. You have to also understand that when we came to this country, our families were intentionally torn apart to weaken us. There's a lot of things that go into that. And so, I, you know, I'll pray about it. But I think it's unfortunate that every time we have a conversation about inequality and, and disparities and racial injustice, that people bring that up almost to say that it's your own fault. And I think that mm. just lacks historical uh, context. Um, thank you for a candid answer to what I suspect was a candid question. Um, uh, let's talk um Let's talk about what your hope is in terms of next steps. I appreciate your emphasis on um, the the local, that these questions have to be answered locally. There's a really different set of qualifications and training and support for officers between one community and the next, or even one city in the same state, but certainly state to state, really, really different. Um, when you when you challenge listeners right now to, well, would you challenge listeners right now to find out what is going on in their own, as close to home as possible with the, you know, for, for me, it would be, you know, right, the, the police department in Kingston Springs, like, right, what's actually happening there? Um, and what's the experience of African-Americans in relationship to the most local expression of policing where I live? Is that really where we as individuals need to start? Yes. I mean, it's certainly one place to start. I mean, we, I think we need to start wherever our sphere of influence is. Right. And so mm. one of the things that I've been talking about quite a bit is really getting more and in, more involved in criminal justice elections. Uh, who is your sheriff? Uh, who is your um, district attorney, things of that nature, because as we change laws and we do need to change laws, we do need to change policy. We have to understand that those people in those positions are always going to have some level of discretion. Right. And so their character and their agenda really matters. And it's important that we hold them accountable. Um, this is a tough conversation. I mean, I've worked in local government. So I think sometimes even the folks who, who want to do right coming from the, the police report reform standpoint don't understand that these are very tough dynamics. There's not a switch that you can hit that changes everything and gets everything right. OK, like it, it's, it's difficult. Governing is not hard. And sometimes the mistakes that are made by people who are trying to govern are not intentional and it's not because they have bad and, you know, bad intentions. But we do have to make sure that we're always being um vigilant when it comes to something that's so important because police officers have authority that within their authority they come into a lot of contact with the community in tough situations and i think both sides need to, to recognize that but we have to find policies that make sure that they are serving the community and not a threat to the community most police officers i know are serving the community aren't a threat to the community but i think there's things within our system there's um ways that we look at African-Americans that we may not look at other people that are putting us in harm's way a lot more than it should. And so we have to approach those issues. And a lot of times, like you said, it comes on a, a local basis. And I think it's just going to involve involving community leaders more and having uh, larger conversations about how can we avoid you know, situations that can escal escalate into a shooting when there was really no violence you know, involved in the initial infraction or anything that was going on. Those are the kind of policy and, and steps that we need to think about uh, on a local level before this is going to improve.
So as Justin and I conclude our conversation, let me just ask each and every one of us to consider what's happening in your local community. Um, what's happening? Uh, what are the policies and then what are the practices? What are the concerns of our black and brown neighbors? Have they experienced the police in my zip code differently than I have experienced the police in my zip code? What's what's the balance in the conversation in the nation um, uh, in terms of what's going on at the federal level versus what's going on in my own zip code, in my own neighborhood? Justin Gibney, uh, as always, thank you so very much. You guys can find Justin at the AND campaign. Uh, Justin, uh, happy Father's Day, man. Thanks, Carmen. You take care now. Yeah, you too. We'll be right back. All right. Lots of feedback from you guys uh, about the conversation I had with Justin. That's always good. Thank you so very much. Uh, Appreciate that. You can always text me at 877-933-2484. You can email me, Carmen, at MyFaithRadio.com. For the listener who would like uh, to to hear from a guest who disagrees with me instead of one who always agrees with me, um, sure, send me your ideas. Looking for Christians who are thoughtful, who are willing to engage in conversations of the day um, from any perspective. Uh, And if you you guys think you want to hear me talk with somebody who does not operate out of a Christian perspective, I'm willing to do that as well. Just so you know, um, you're other people are going to at me about that as well. So there you go. Um, All right. Up next, Sophia Hudson, author of Stand All the Way Up. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Alrighty, so we have the Northwestern Christian Writers Conference coming up. I have submitted my workshop. Uh, I know that there are 21 other workshops that you can access as well. The, the conference is now fully online, a mix of live and pre-recorded elements. You can get uh, your tickets to participate today by going online to NorthwesternChristianWritersConference.com. That's NorthwesternChristianWritersConference.com. Your family history doesn't have to be your future. The generational garbage can stop here and now. This is Max Locato. Don't give your kids what your ancestors gave to you. Talk to God about it in detail. God, every day I came home from school to find mom drunk, lying on the couch. I had to take care of baby brother, do homework on my own. It's not right, God. Difficult for certain. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Let him replace childish thinking with mature truth. A dear friend of mine was called to identify the body of his father who had been shot by his ex-wife. The blast was just another in a long line of angry, violent family moments. And he made this resolution. It stops with me. And it has. God wants to help you for your sake. Trust him with his help. You will get through this. There's always a reason to always choose joy. There's something deeper that the world can't destroy. Smile when you think you can't smile. Joining me now, Sophie Hudson. Uh, She is a blogger. She is an author and a speaker. She's joining us now to talk about her newest book, Stand All the Way Up. Sophie, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Thanks so much, Carmen. It's good to be with y'all. 
All right. It's fun to have you here. Why don't you, um, if I were asking you to introduce yourself to a new group of people, what story would you tell? <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, there are a lot of stories. I, you know, I, I think something that happened in um, in Kenya a few years ago is a pretty good indication of where I've been living the last few years, which is we were on a safari the last night of our time in Kenya, and we were at dinner, and uh, um, the, a very nice steward came up to our table and wanted to know who was in, in number 27 where we were staying. And when we, you know, I finally said, oh, it's us, he said, well, um, it would seem that the monkeys have gotten into your tent. So um, what I'm telling you, <laughs> Carmen, is that for better or worse, um, like everybody, I think I, in, in life maybe just seem to have, um, you know, maybe not an actual troop of monkeys who stay in my life all the time. But, you know, it's lively is what I'm telling you. <laughs> you have a life that has been monkeyed around with. A little bit, a little bit, um, yeah. in good ways and in hard ways. But um, anyway, it turned out the monkeys, I left some pistachio nuts in our tent. And um, so mm. I don't know what that says about me, that I actually lured the monkeys into the tent. And when I asked the man, I said, well, how in the world did the monkeys get in our tent? He said, oh, the monkeys are very clever. So I feel like that's, that's, um, that's life pretty much summed up right there. Very clever monkeys getting in our tents. So you um, you write for women on a regular basis. I think that I would describe um, your approach as honest and encouraging and joyful. Um, talk with us about uh, being a people pleaser, and then you know, and then talk with talk with us about the need to stand all the way up. Well, I think you know, so many women I think struggle with people pleasing and with feeling like we inconvenience people if we tell them what we actually think. And I just sort of um, gravitated to that way of living for a really long time. And then over the course of the the last maybe five or six years, I have realized that actually, um, you know, you can kind of feel like the good little Christian girl if you just kind of keep everybody happy. But ultimately, I think it's not, it's not always honest. Um, and it can be pretty unhealthy. So I have have been through a process over the last several years where I have um, been really convicted by scripture and by just events in my own life that we have to we have to stand up for ourselves and for um, the people in our lives. We have to stand up for the vulnerable. Just all those things are are part of growing into who God calls us to be. Sophie, and again, uh, let me remind our listeners, I'm talking with Sophie Hudson. Um, you can find her in lots of places online. She has a very robust social media following. Um, what's your favorite social media follow for people that are going to go find you in one place? Where do, you, where do we want to send them today? Probably to Instagram, where I'm, I'm Boomama205. I've missed the, the day of social media class where all your accounts match. So I have different <laughs> names to all of them. But, um, but that one is, tends to be the place I hang out the most. All right, so Boo Mama two zero five. Uh, you go by yes. Boo Mama, um, and you have uh, a podcast called The Big Boo Cast. Um, what what is that in reference to for people who are unfamiliar? So I, I, my blog was called Boo Mama originally because it was a nickname um, that my husband kind of came up with when our son was little because we called him Boo and said so he was Boo Daddy and I was Boo Mama. Um, but um, I have a podcast with my friend Melanie Shankle who has a blog called Big Mama. And so um, when we started the podcast, golly, that was probably, that was almost 13 years ago when we started our podcast. And so we just called it the Big Bootcast because it was a little summation of our two blog names. And we've kind of been at that ever since. 
Okay, so um, in Stand All the Way Up, um, you're not just talking about getting to the place where a woman feels competent and confident to stand up for herself. But also, I think, you know, this sort of really critical in terms of the cultural moment in which we live, standing up for others and standing all the way up for those who can't stand up for themselves. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I've been really convicted by uh, the the passage in Exodus where um, Joshua is going to fight the Amalekites and Moses goes up the hill to kind of direct traffic in that battle. And, um, and Aaron and her go with him. And when Moses raises his staff, the Israelites do really well. When, it, when his arms get tired, though, um, the, the Amalekites are the ones who get the, the upper hand. And what I've been convicted about is that, um, that Aaron and her went with support in that battle that was visible and it was clear. And, um, and I think as believers, we have a responsibility in different situations where we see our brothers and sisters um, in oppression. In, um, in situations where there's injustice, we um, are, are here to offer support that is visible and clear. And that is part of um, what I have, have learned over the last few years where I've been convicted to stand all the way up, not just to be present, but um, to be visible um, when it's necessary to be vocal and to help to lift arms whenever we can. I think there are battles all around us and we have to get in it and not just put down our heads. So we're talking about uh, her new book, uh, Stephanie, uh, Stephanie, Sophie Hudson. Maybe you have a friend named Stephanie who the Lord has brought to mind just I now. I, one of my uh, best friends. Yeah. Well, there, there you go. Um, with Stephanie's help, Sophie is bringing uh, to us Stand All the Way Up, stories of staying in it when you want to burn it all down. We're going to continue this conversation in just a moment. We make a miracle walking, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. Continue my conversation with author Sophie Hudson. We're talking about her newest book, which actually just releases today, Stand All the Way Up. Um, Sophie, I'm I'm wondering, um, there's a there's a transition, I think, or a pivot that takes place when we recognize that we have not been we have not been living with a with a spine that is you know, mm. straight up and down, right? right. We, we have right. been either cowed down by others or we have cowered. Um, yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if there is a point in time in your own life that you might tell us a story about, because you're such a good storyteller, um, that, you know, you could say, I, I recognize that, that in this moment I was feeling that thing. Because I think your book really does address women who are feeling that. And so um, I'm wondering if you could take us there. Well, you know, what, one thing that I just thought of as you, were, as you were asking me that is just in regards to my own personal health. I think that a lot of times as women, um, and, you know, we're, we're kind of always looking out for other people. We're tending to everybody else. And I had a, a realization, a, a sad one, about four years ago that I was really getting away from myself in terms of my unwillingness to stand up for my own physical health, to, to engage in the discipline that that required. And, um, and I think a lot of us find ourselves in that place because we think it's, you know, we, we can justify it by saying, well, you know, it's just selfish. I've just got so much other stuff to do and so many other people to take care of. And so I, I've kind of realized that that's one of the first pieces in, in terms of 
of living a life where we're standing up and really engaged in um, the, the fullness of life that the Lord has given us is that we we've we've got to be in it with ourselves and with our bodies and. Um, I'm not saying that we have to we have to all be some after picture because I'm certainly not. But in terms of a daily commitment to move and to um, to engage creation by being outside and to, to still my mind, you know, by going for a walk for 30 or 45 minutes, whatever that takes. I think that's a, a super important piece that a lot of times we're so eager to jump in and take care that we don't take care of ourselves first. Oh, I think that's really helpful. Um, two things I appreciate, not only about this book and the way you communicate in it, but just your style of communication in general. Um, you're not like sort of like adding to the list of things that I need to do every day. And yet, and yet you are provoking me to, uh, to think about those things that need, uh, need doing. Um, sorry, that would be a phone ringing in the background of where I am standing right now. Um, always fun. Always fun. No, no. No, no, no. It's all good. Um, so talk with us. Uh, talk with us a little bit about humor and the power of humor in uh, in the conversations that we have as women today. Yeah, I think, you know, here's the thing. We have we all have plenty to do. Everybody has plenty to do. So anything I'm going to add to that list is ultimately going to have to come from conviction and not because somebody bosses me into it. So I never want to add to somebody's um, somebody's to do list. I find personally that when. Um, but when I when I when I think about something, if it's you know in the context of of a humorous story or in the context of a personal story, um, I, I feel a little bit less defensive because when I hear the to do list, my immediate thing is going to be, well, I, you know, I can't do that. So I never want to add to somebody's to do list, and so I just find that stories are a really um, easy place for us to meet, and we don't even have to be on the same page. You know, like to to meet there, we can we can come at a situation or, or an issue or whatever from two completely different places. But humor tends to be a little bit of uh, um, I don't know. It's just a, it's a little bit of an equalizer. It's a little bit of a diffuser. And so I think it's a good place to start conversations. And that's ultimately what I hope this book does. I hope that with women, it starts conversations um, with themselves. I hope it starts conversations with them and their, their friends. But um, but not in a way that's that's at all like bossy. You have to do this. Here's what I think your life needs to look like. That's not it at all. So I'm talking with Sophie Hudson. If you're listening right now and you're saying I, I need a dose of that, I need some of that. The book is available today, and I have three copies to give away. So if you would like oh, uh, to enter, I know isn't that fun? If you'd like to enter that's a drawing um, for one of the copies that I have of Sophie's brand new book, Stand All the Way Up. Stories of staying in it when you want to burn it all down. Go ahead and text the word book to 877-933-2484. Sophie, you can uh, tell your social media people, right? They could, uh, they just send it out. Just just tell people, just text the word book to 877-933-2484 and they can have a chance to win uh, a copy of, um, of Stand All the Way Up, Stories of Staying In It When You Want to Burn It All Down. That's pretty fun, huh? That's awesome. Yeah, I know. That's because th that's because our friends over at B and H love us, and we love them. So there you go. <laughs> um, all right. So so uh, because this is book launch day, and it's not your first book, so it's like what? It's like having a fourth child. Does the does the fourth book? This is is this the fourth book? Am I right about that? This is the well it's the fourth book for women. I wrote one in the middle, a devotional for teenage girls. So this is five total, four 
for for okay. women. So so other than the middle child, I'm I'm just wondering, like, so does it is it still just as much fun as the first book? It is just as much fun as the first book, and it it may be slightly less like. I mean, it's it's a little nerve wracking just because it really is. Like it's like kind of like you throw your heart out to everybody and say, "Well, tell me what you think." Um, but yeah, it's still fun. I, I think it gets more and more fun, actually. Um, I love that. Yeah, it's, uh, and listen, let me tell you, it's going to be real fancy around here um, for book launch day because I'm talking to you, and then um, I'm probably going to go for a walk, and then I might go to the grocery store. Like it's really, it's a high level of fancy at our house today. Yeah. For book launch. So, so um, Tuesday, we like to uh, we like to call Tuesday Taste and See Tuesday. So since you're mm-hmm. going to the grocery store, you can help other people taste and see that the Lord is good. I feel like you're helping us right. do that already. That's right. I can. All right. For sure. So, uh, so Sophie, happy Tasty Tuesday. Thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate All right. it. The, the book is Stand All the Way Up, Stories of Staying in It When You Want to Burn It All Down. Sophie Hudson is the author. You can find her all over the social medias. Um, you can find her. She's encouraging us today to go to Instagram, where, remind us, your handle on Instagram again? It's Boomama205. Boomama205, B-O-O-M-A-M-A-205 on Instagram. Sophie, uh, what, a, what, a, what a privilege. What a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks, Carmen. I love being with you. Well, likewise. We'll be right back. All right, I want you to know that I'm praying with you and for you today, encouraging you to pray the news today, also encouraging you to pray the Psalms today. My family and I are spending time in the Psalms um, and just acknowledging the power of lament and also the power of thanksgiving. Uh, And so spend some time today praying the word of God back to God. So where in the word are you today? And if you are in the Psalms, let me encourage you to uh, be praying the word of God back to him today. Just consider that God's always going to be in agreement with himself. So we're always uh, we're always good to be praying the word of God back to him. Pray with me today and the challenges that uh, that I face as right as a as a child of aging parents and uh, here caring for them now. So. Thank you to Paul Perot for helping us produce this from a place where um, the Internet is not very robust and you have carried us through. Thank you, sir. Oh, you're welcome. No problem. My job is to make you look good. (laughs) It's hard on the radio, man. It's hard on the radio. Okay, sound good. Uh, Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, Hey, we really do want to be with you and for you. So communicate with us what you're thinking, how we can be praying with you. You can always text us at 877-933-2484. Email us at Carmen at MyFaithRadio.com. You can, um, you can go online to MyFaithRadio.com and, uh, and click on the prayer line link there as well. We'd love to hear from you. Great place to sign up for resources that are available today. Uh, we've also got a Bible study going on. All kinds of great stuff. Visit us at MyFaithRadio.com. Have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. 
If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.